A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Welcome back to Full Hitter Podcast. It's Rob Ghetto. You can find me on the Twitter at Dead Full Hitter. Thank you for joining me once again. We're going to get into the NFBC main event player movement with Mr. Todd Whitestone from SPStreamer.com. You can find Todd's article on SPStreamer.com every Monday for free. He dives into the player movement on the NFBC. He's got some cool charts that show whatever he's diving into that week, as well as some overall standings. Um, yeah. Busy week. Trade deadline was, you know, pretty nuts. A lot of player movement. Some big-time players getting moved around. Pretty cool. Pretty fun to see. Some of them seemed like fantasy trades, which uh, <laughs> was pretty fascinating. But, um, you know, a lot of roles opened up. Uh, a lot of roles closed. Uh, a lot of roles changed, some were lateral, some were, um, you know, positive, negative, so I um, hope everyone stayed on the pulse. Um, this fab week was pretty challenging because, um, especially with the bullpen, you have you have some data going across the year from managers, uh, you know, showing their preference to, you know, choose certain relievers in certain leverage situations, Um but if a team this weekend had some player movement like the Cubs or uh, the Rays, um, you know, to name a couple, uh, plenty more, the Pirates, um, you know, really have two days worth of data that shows their new bullpen. So trying to forecast things, trying to see, you know, what you can uh, try to project for the future. So. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not too clear, and then sometimes when it's clear, the manager itself doesn't really see it as clear as you do, <laughs> obviously. So um, it's the game we play, it's the fun of it, so um, hope everyone, like I said, stayed on the post. Um, sometimes, you know, just as much as reading the box scores, reading the team news, you know, reading MLB.com, or if you have a subscription to The Athletic, reading the team blurbs, um, following the beat writers on Twitter, uh, you know, and trying to read between what the coaches say, some you know, and also trying to see, decipher if the what the coach is saying or is uh, bullshit or not. So it's a whole bunch of fun games, but this weekend gave you the opportunity to maybe jump on some players who you know you think that it's gonna take that step down the wire uh, for the remaining part of the season. You know, to bring you that title, that stretch run that you. Uh, that's here. It's here. So, um, Fab is dwindling on um, the main event. Um, had my first uh, big, um, well, not first big splash bid, but, uh, you know, one of the ones that uh, 
really shake up how much money you have left. I spent 238 bucks on Eloy Jimenez um, for a team that severely needed some offense. Um, I had 357 left, so uh, I felt like it was my best use of that resource at the time. So, um, and like I talk about with Todd in the episode, sometimes um, I had to really separate myself from my Eloy Jimenez draft bias and to his separating him as two separate players because uh, I wasn't really big on him at, during draft season after his draft costs. Um, really only have him in one league. Um, and that was, uh, he happened to just go further than I expected to, so I took him. But um, never really targeted him in draft champions leagues. Uh, so uh, in my head, I had to separate that, and it was kind of hard. You know, we built up the biases in our brain, and... Um, you know, I had to say, well, this is fabbing Eloy Jimenez, so and then he got hurt, and that played a little bit into it, so I'm hoping that he stays healthy, um, as healthy as he can, um, and gets onto the field and brings that power that I so severely needed, and why I picked him up, so, anyway, um, yeah, enjoy the episode, Mean Todd. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D. Pietro, the dead pole hitter. I'm here with Mr. Todd Whitestone. You can find him on Twitter at Telestar7 and talking about his wonderful article today on fpstreamer.com. Todd, what's up? How you doing, Rob? Good to talk to you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's August, Todd. <laughs> you know? That's right. We, we almost made it two more months. It's August. It's um, The beach season is dwindling down. Uh-huh. Um, so this panic has set in and I'm not even talking <laughs> about baseball. Um, Tyler McGill is getting rocked and Lewis Brinson just hit a grand slam. So things are definitely changing. The mood phase is messing everything up today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm watching Andrew Heaney for my Yankees and he's actually looked pretty good, which is somewhat amazing. Yeah. So that was a multiple um, deals that the Yankees made bringing in Heaney. How do you feel about the Heaney ad? I'm sure you're pretty ecstatic about the offensive ad, but what do you think about Heaney? I mean, they needed an arm. I mean, so he was available. I didn't have high hopes. He looked good in the first couple innings, but, you know, they had Domingo Herman go on the IL. So they were down yet another pitcher. So they really needed somebody, Rob, to give them innings. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's terrible. Um, I think, and I think for as much of a a rap Yankee stadium gets um, definitely doesn't have a good job in suppressing homers, but the overall run scored there isn't, isn't, isn't that bad. Um, I think some people will be surprised when they take a look at the numbers from Yankee stadium. Cause yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely a solid arm to add, you know, for the stretch run. Um, what what's your thoughts on uh, Gallo and Rizzo? I thought Rizzo was a great deal, and I mean, so was Gallo. I mean, you know, yeah, they got him for they didn't give up that much, and they they needed left handed hitters, so that was all positive. I mean, my worry, and this is not really for fantasy, um, but you know, I really like Luke Voigt, and um, I think for the last two months they've been playing Stanton in uh, the outfield. And I think I'm hoping that's because the plan is have Stanton for two months, play the outfield and have Voight play DH. Yeah. And they could have a really great lineup. I mean, 
wouldn't that be a lot better than having Greg Allen or Brett Gardner out in the outfield? Much better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I think Stanton can play. Is he great outfielder? Of course not. But, but you know, having Voight additionally in that lineup, that would really make it uh, really tough to negotiate for pitchers. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the plan for them to outscore everybody. Um, yeah, right. You know, they're just going to – it's uh, one of those you know, obvious – cases where if 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 no one is going to be on in a playoff game per se they can't string they're not going to string together hits you know that's not their game you know yeah they're going to hopefully hit the three-run homer at some point during the game and you know get some good pitching but yeah they they are not going to have three singles and you know create a run that way that's just not the style Right. And, you know, I've, I've seen some of their younger minor league players the last um, couple of years here in Jersey and uh, Staten Island. Um, saw Volpe play, Anthony yeah. Volpe. I saw Medina and Oswald Peraza. And, you know, just the fact that they didn't give up any one of those guys is pretty impressive yeah. Yeah. Um, for the haul they got. So um, good on the yeah, Yankees. They have, good de- they have good depth still in the minor league. So. Yep. I think uh, I think the future is still pretty good for them, even not counting this year. Any um, other trades that happened at the deadline that um, that maybe you were surprised at, or you thought, oh, this is a great um, opportunity for either that player that got traded to gain value in another spot, or someone else taking up uh, their spot? Um, what were your favorite, like uh, I guess, fantasy impactful trades for you? Mm, that's an interesting question. I would say, um, you know, I'm interested in the Trey Turner to the Dodgers because yeah. of what it leaves behind in Washington. Yeah. I mean, Turner, obviously, is a star player, and he continued to be that. But, um, but you know, I think uh, this kid, Luis Garcia, for Washington could get some run. I do think he's talented, and uh, he just might get regular playing time. So I, I like that situation. Um, also, you know, Toro at second base for Seattle, I think is in a good spot. I think they're going to play him every day. Um, but I was a little mystified at what the Mariners did in getting rid of Graveman and, and adding Diego Castillo. I don't think that really helped them that much. I don't know what the plan was there. Um, I guess they just liked Toro enough that, um, that they wanted to do that. But I, I was a little questioning that move. Oh, getting Toro is 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 not worth anyone's questioning. I think <laughs> is is like you said. Uh, you know, it started with Napoto saying it was the start of something you know more grand and greater, and yes. it didn't lead to anything more grand and greater. I thought maybe he was either gonna set up to trade Toro or something different. Um, and then even the quote when he got Castillo was pretty odd like I don't know if Kendall Graveman really did something bad to him but he's like he's faced real lineups and 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 been in real situations like <laughs> well can, you know like um all your other players are, have been in real situations yeah, really? that, too that's so weird. That's weird. Uh, just come out and say like uh he was in the world series okay you know we can get those things say those things but I don't know I don't know what that no. meant and um, I think Graveman, I actually, I think Graveman's a better pitcher than uh, Castillo, to be honest. But, yeah, uh, it's interesting. And yeah, I mean, that, that's my take, you know, I, so I, I, look, I think Jerry did not live up to his billing as the great trader in this 
this round. But the other thing I was right about, Rob, you know, I don't toot my horn too too often, but you know, remember when I said to you, the Colorado Rockies, don't be surprised if they do nothing. Basically. Yeah. And that's what they did. They did nothing. You know, that was really weak on their part, especially for a team that just, you know, needs to build for the future. I wonder how much they were concerned with, maybe they were expecting more out of Kalanick and the fact that he's been really, really bad, that they wanted to add another bat. Especially a younger bat like Toro. You're talking about, I, you're talking about the Mariners, yeah? No. Yeah, yeah. I was just like still thinking about like that that whole thing, but uh, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. I mean, Kelnick, I think he'll be fine over time. Maybe not the rest of this year, but I think he'll be he'll be a good hitter. Um, but but the, but where are the Rockies going? I don't know where they're going. <laughs> Come on. I think I think um, you know I don't know. They tried to give some validity to just saying they're they didn't get a prospect that they thought was better than the compensatory pick that they'll get at 40 ish 35 ish i can't believe um, that I can't i'm not that. yeah i i don't know you know i'm not a, a person to comp that and say okay um who knows maybe you know uh maybe the thought is like well i don't want to help another team win people think in strange ways you know yeah. i'm just trying to think like uh on the level of when i make fantasy like offers and i know it's a totally different story but just to see where people's heads lay right sometimes especially like when you know i don't know if i'm like in the top half of a league and you know i'm offering a deal um even if it's a keeper or something any type of league and like well why would i make your team better and it's like that's not yeah, the point yeah, i understand, like, <laughs> I, understand. I, I, I think you got a good point there but we don't know the exact offers that were on the table, but if it, this was not preceded by so many questionable moves over the last three or four years, right? Then I, then I might buy it. But I mean, they've just done everything, you know, to block young players and to, you know, add guys that are sort of past their prime. I just, I just don't think they they have a plan really. And uh, I think Trevor Story is rightfully upset, you know, that he everybody else is moving around and they're like, Oh, let us, let's hang on to you so we can get a compensatory pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, rightfully upset or not, you know, you still got to play out your yeah, you contract, play. No, I, I situation agree. you're in right now. I agree, you know? I agree. But I'm just saying, I yeah. just think they, they didn't have a plan going in. They haven't had a plan for years and I think they need to clean house there. I don't usually say that, but that's, I just think they need a new approach. The house seems cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Rob. That's yeah, one. they're pretty bad. Uh, but <laughs> you, you mentioned Washington. Do you expect maybe key bear uh, Ruiz to um, make an appearance this year? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say, I would say maybe in September, but I don't think he's going to be an impactful fantasy guy. But I'm not. I'm not an expert on this, but I, I would say they're not really going to be competing anywhere. I don't know that they'd really want to give him tons of major league bats. Right. Right. Yeah. I know he's always had a, a pretty solid hit tool, hard to strike out kind of guy yeah. this year. He really ramped up his power. Uh, he uh -huh. has 16 uh -huh. homers in triple a with uh OPS over a thousand. So um, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Cause I know Trey's 
Barrera is uh, getting some good run there and playing well. So um, we have to see if they want to take a, a peek at their young guns uh, yeah, right. now. Barrera, they kept sending him down and bringing him back up. I don't know what was going on with that, but. Um, yeah, he's been he, playing he's pretty good lately. Back, he's back up now, right? Yeah, he's back up and he's uh, he's hitting pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I see Padre didn't do as much as I thought they were going to do. Right. Um, right. They, they were kind of like big uh, – uh, big upset of the weekend, I guess, when Scherzer was announced he, he was on his way there. And, and yeah. uh, of course, he went to the Dodgers. Uh, I but, wonder how close they were really to getting Scherzer because maybe they were really thought they were going to get him and then they didn't have a plan B ready to go, you know, yeah. and that, that could have happened. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I thought they were going to get somebody. There weren't tons of starting pitchers on the market, I don't believe, but Maybe they could have uh, put in a bid for Burrios. Um, yeah. I don't know. What about the, um, speaking of Burrios, what did you think about that deal that sent the um, Austin Martin and uh, Woods Richardson to the Twins? I mean, I think, again, I'm not a prospect expert, but I think those guys are more highly regarded. But I think uh, Toronto did need a pitcher. So I think they were right to go for it and, you know, sort of bounce out their team they got some really good hitting um and Barrios I think they can hang on to for next year right yes one more year yep so, uh, so I think it's it's probably a good move for them they have a good, strong major league arm I mean he's never been a top shelf talent but he's like the next level down and I think they need that if they have Ray and you know a few of these other guys I think they'll Manoa I yep. think they get they got a good core there yeah, I like it. I, I pretty much expect maybe uh, Stripling to, um, you know, maybe pop into that belt like a bullpen type role if if anyone has to uh, dip down out of that starting rotation. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. he has some experience there. Um, but uh, yeah, what 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 did you make of um, the Tampa Bay? Uh, Rays just getting rid of the closer who had 14 out of the 26 saves. Um, they they pretty much play a different they're playing on a different level than I think the way the rest of us are thinking. I agree. I don't know. And especially right after Fairbanks went on the IL, you would think that would say get them to say, oh, let's hold off on trading Castillo. Um, but I think that they they just figure it out, Rob. They just have a way of finding these guys, whether it's Kittredge or, you know, Whistler or whoever. I, and I don't think it's probably likely to be one guy consistently, no matter who they have in there, but they all throw really well. And, you know, I guess they, they always are looking for value. That's their uh, mantra. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, Chris Bryant went from, well, the Cubs pretty much emptied the whole tank there, but uh, I thought Chris right. Bryant was a good fit. I think he's going to end up staying there and at that for a little bit. Um, there was a, uh, um, I think it was in the article and the athletic uh, today that was saying that apparently the Rays offered blast now for both Kimbrell and Chris Bryant. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I wanted to get your opinion on if if they, if if that was really on the table, maybe they could have got a couple of other prospects, obviously, from the Rays. Um, would you go that kind of route when you have, like, maybe a possible, you know, stud pitcher who's definitely getting Tommy John and got to go through that, but as opposed to, like, you know, high A, double A type rookies? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have wouldn't have done that for Kimbrough, right? I mean, that doesn't make sense for the Rays to say, let's get an established closer. They probably would just, you know, move them around the bullpen in sixth, seventh innings. I don't think it's that valuable. So um, Bryant, how would Bryant fit on the Rays? I don't know. Um, I wanted to get you more so of your opinion on the return. Like if you're the Cubs, oh. do you rather like a Tyler Glass now or, oh, you know, Cubs. two like From two the Cubs point of view? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I if I was the Cubs, I would like getting a pitcher like Glass now. I would think so too. Because because I think you know, yeah, he he's out a year or so, but he, I think he's got the talent. I think he'll be okay given enough time. So yeah, I would say that would be a great guy to build around. And they don't have anybody that's really a hard thrower in their rotation. Yeah, they're a bunch of yeah soft tosses there. You know, Mills sure. and Mills and Hendricks and all even Davies, yeah. Housley, they're all like, you know, 85 mile an hour. So, yeah, I think that would be a good guy to, to get. I mean, they're several years away, but um, I would yeah. think that, that would be good for them. I think they're just stockpiling resources, though. Um, right now, I think that they're figuring we're going to have lots of money. I don't think that they're looking to trade for distressed assets, or at least at this point. Nice. Distressed assets. There you go. <laughs> I like it, Todd. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. Enough of the trade talk. Let's get into some fab this week in the main event, uh, NFBC main event. Yes. Um, yeah. So your article was uh, continuing on the 5,000 trend. This was a 5,000 summary. So right. um, just basically gathering all the categories, the 10 categories in rotisserie and um, seeing what the 80th percentile threshold was for them at this point of the yeah. of the year. Yeah, right. It's, uh, with two months to go, these are the targets that people would want to be at in the main event. It's actually 77.5% because I'm trying to make it come out to 5,000 points. But uh, you can see that they're all pretty, you know, they're pretty good numbers to have achieved in any one of these categories. Um, so I just thought, put them all together, show them to everybody, and then let's look at a few teams to see how they're doing. And, uh, I, you know, I had to put in Phil's team, number one team, show it how it's doing. And even Phil, as great as his team is, as, as outstanding as he's done, um, there's a couple of categories where he's not at that 5,000 level. Now, some of the others, he's way exceeding. So that's right. where he makes up the, the tons of points. But, but on stolen bases and saves, he's a little bit below where you'd want to be. And, uh, and then I looked at the number 20 because that's where theoretically 5,000 points would put you close to the 20th spot. Mm -hmm. And uh, similarly, Brent Grooms, who is 20th at that moment, he was a little light on steals and a little light on wins and saves. And then I looked at uh, your team, which is doing very well, Rob. Um, and uh, again, you were a little light on saves, but um, a lot of the other categories you were doing extremely well, including steals. You were actually beating these two other guys in the steals category, 
Uh, you have 79, they had 69 to 71. Um, but your power was a little lighter yeah. and uh, your, your, maybe your, um, you know, your, your winds were a little lower, especially than Phil. Um, yep. And the batting average was a little weaker, but, but anyway, it, it matches up pretty well. There's a lot of categories where you're hitting the number. And I just thought this was the type of analysis that could help uh, owners because they can sort of compare all their stats and see where they're lacking and where they're doing well. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, and, and uh, the, the number 20 team we took, Brent Grooms, he's actually, um, we're actually in the same league. So oh, okay. it's interesting to see that little snapshot there too. But yeah, this yeah. Uh, that's definitely, it's funny because that's like um, this, my second team here, I, I tried to uh, not focus so much on um, one speech source, but like make sure most of my picks had uh, a little bit, you know, of speed sprinkled into it. And um, it just ended up being light on power. Yeah. So that, that, that whole um, theory of, of not, I was trying not to rely on like, you know, the big 30 stolen base guys, but just sprinkle more of the six and eights everywhere in my yeah, team. That but seemed to work fine. That seemed, that seemed to work, but the, yeah, the power is uh, really short. Sure. If you can do it, you'd want to go after home runs and RBIs and not worry so much about batting average. Yeah, that's what um, that's what getting e Eloy does. Right, right. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll yeah. be the uh, the bearer of that. But we'll we'll come up to that when um, when we get there. Uh, but yeah, so this week actually turned out a a pretty a pretty um, large amount of bids. Um, a little increase in the average winning bid from the previous weeks yeah yeah now I, I just didn't want to mention that i did put in a second chart for more normal uh players because i put in the teams that were exactly at the one-third level of the main event the halfway level and oh, the yeah. two-thirds level mm -hmm. so i won't we don't need to go through their stats but you could if people are interested like what team uh would be at about those diff three different levels i have them in a second chart um, yeah, I like that. Sorry, I, I completely backed that up. But okay, yeah, get okay. Yes. So in terms of the fab bidding, though, uh, as you mentioned, it was pretty heavy this week. You know, we, again, we had Eloy pumping up the numbers, but we also had a few other guys as well that were getting a lot of activity. And uh, to, I wasn't really predicting this last week, but the bidding went you know, back up to 1,400 winning bids and we're at $19 average winning bid. And we, uh, the average team spent 43. I didn't see this coming at all. And now the average team has spent 852, leaving them with 148. Wow. So they're continuing to spend, even though there's eight fab periods left. And there's a, uh, you know, that leaves them with $18 and 50 cents on the average. And I, like I said last week, I think it's lower because I think there are some low place teams that are not really going to spend the available cash. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 1,420 winning bids was the second most of the season. Um, yeah. Behind I know. That's the week amazing, three. Right? Yeah. Behind the week three of 1498. Yeah. And uh, 
the nineteen point nineteen dollars and ninety three cents, almost twenty dollars per winning bid. Um, average winning bid was the most uh, since week ten when it was twenty nine eighty eight. So, yeah, de- definitely fascinating. Um, definitely, this is what the the trade deadline effect is. Uh, a lot of movement from you know teams and um, you know uh, it it. it it shows and in the main event owners really uh trying to you know get that leg in for the final stretch you know um and i think it was interesting because i think there was some closers situations where maybe you know that are still quite unsettled and we don't know we're going off of like a game of two of new bullpen usage you know to try to you know sort that out and you know, forecast who's going to get some saves down the end of the year. Uh, so it, it was definitely a lot of work this weekend, for sure. Definitely. There were so many closer spots that were really hard to or impossible to figure out. I mean, you could take a guess, but that's about all you could do. Right. That's about all you can do. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, let's start off with the most added player this week, added in 40 leagues, Edward Oliveras, outfielder on the Kansas City Royals. Um, your reason here back up for good with a question mark. And I think that's the question that everyone wants to know. Yeah. Well, I guess people, I think they were more confident because Soler had been traded. Right. So that was the thing. I mean, I'm not sure that guarantees that Kansas city is going to play him every day, but uh, you'd hope that that would be more the case. Um, But yeah, I think he certainly was added in the great majority of leagues he what didn't get the highest numbers, but you know, 135 high winning bid. That's pretty good. Yep. And so people were interested in uh, adding him, and then your boy Kyle Finnegan, uh, hopefully the closer for the Nats. Um, he was uh, the second biggest, 39 leagues added, and he got a high of 217. Bam. So that was uh, money you didn't have to spend, you and Phil, because. You guys uh, were way ahead on this. Yeah, that was just really <laughs> hope. You know, that was really trying to forecast both hand and 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 yep. and Hudson getting traded. And you know, I guess the thought was just you know, well, if if they're gonna have a fire sale, you know, why just trade one of those guys? You mm-hmm. know, so um, hope hopefully it panned out. Hopefully he 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 keeps it going. Um, his his uh, his father liked um a comment um that me and phil made um and then i was like oh who is this because i saw i saw the last name and it was it was something finn and i was like oh and i scrolled through his timeline i saw him with uh you know i was like oh this is definitely his dad and so (laughs) now now we follow each other and are officially um going to be adopted into the kyle finnegan family but uh yeah no um you know (laughs) Hopefully uh, it was good to get in, you know, one week early, Todd. This, is, sure. this hasn't happened <laughs> much at all this year for me at closes. Uh, mostly like after the guy gets one or two and I'm, you know, right, bidding right. in the 20s or the 30s. And uh, so to get one a week earlier, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. So hopefully, right. well, hopefully. You should feel, uh, good. You should feel yeah. good about that one. That was a great move. Yep. I mean, if, if you'd asked me, I would have said, oh, if they, they, they might trade hand, but uh, then they're just going to let Hudson close. And I was totally wrong on that score. Um, yeah. But so um, anyway, yeah. That, that was he a great to- job. And then we have uh, Tyler Clippard, 
who hasn't gotten a save in four years until his last one. And uh, it was hard for me to get too excited about him considering it's the Diamondbacks and it's also Tyler Clippard. But, um, but he attracted a lot of bids, 217, again, the high. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think people are hoping, hey, I, I need some saves. This is a good way to get it. Right. Yeah. Average winning bid of almost 35 bucks. Kyle Finnegan have an average winning bid of uh, almost 63 bucks. But uh, yeah, just like you mentioned, he, he hasn't saved in so long. Um, gets a couple. And yeah, everyone's back in on him. Um, you know, I I always wonder. So like, you know, when a, a, a team's kind of moving forward and and going like getting younger and getting rid of veterans. Um, I struggle with like, oh, well, maybe they'd want to get a younger guy a look, you know, but then I have to remind myself like um, that, you know, they could still get these pitchers looks. It doesn't have to be in the ninth, you know, I guess managers right. still want to win the game. So, right. um, you know, this is one of those situations where uh, he was, um, I wasn't expecting to win him with the bids. I was, you know, going to, I think I had a couple like five or seven dollar bids on him. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know, it was hard for me to get on board with the Clipper train and, and, and not because they're, you know, they're a bad team or, no. uh, and, and, or they won't get saved because they're a bad team. Cause I think that's a little bit blown out of proportion um, to an extent. Um, but yeah, he was definitely on my lower level of, of targets this week, especially after breaking the bank for, Mr. Eloy Jimenez, who was right, picked right. up in 35 leagues um, for his highest, 392. Um, yeah, so for anyone not familiar with, with the rules of the NFBC, um, if a player is uh, not drafted into that league, you can't uh, pick him up on FAB until he uh, generates one at bat on the year uh, right. or an innings pitch. So um, he came back in, immediately got hurt. Todd, which was, uh, you know, a big, you know, that was a, a big thing in my head for a while was uh, two things was one was the injury and, you know, now having a second injury to worry about. Yep. Um, and the second thing was like, I was telling you off air before we started. Um, I don't have any of Jimenez anywhere. I think I have him in one league, which was like a three sport league where um, I needed a power bat and I took him, but I'm really, you know, I don't have any shares of him in a DC or anything. Um, I didn't like where he was going the whole season. Um, just thought he was a little bit uh, overpriced, I guess, in drafts. And so my struggle was to get over my draft bias of him <laughs> and my free agent, you right. know, like right. need of him, you know, and it was a struggle in my brain. It was so funny, you know, because I just like had to get over that point. It was like, just, well, he, you know, he's, he's a free agent hitter now. Like it's an, this is a whole new player we're talking about. He's not exactly. draft Eloy. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's fab Eloy. So, um, but yeah, he, he had an average winning bid of 208, an average backup bid of 131. Um, I had 357 left in my main, and I pumped mm -hmm. out 238 to get him. Uh, the backup was 201. Um, yeah, so pretty um, – leaving myself with, uh, you know, a little over 10 bucks, 12 bucks per week for the rest of the season about. You can make and, that work. Uh, you can make that work. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I figured, you know, like, what else am I going to spend this on? Like, uh, let me, I needed power, you know, I needed overall offense. And, um, you know, as we just noted in the chart that you brought up. And so I felt like this is the guy, the guy to do it with. And um, I'm just hoping, (laughs) I'm just hoping that he's healthy to at least give me that chance. You know, Sure, sure. I think it was a good strategic move. I think it was the well warranted. And uh, we, we tried for him in, in our main, uh, we had like 250 left and we bid 181 and we were the runner up. Um, we, uh, the, the winning bid was like 253. Right. So, so you know, I mean, you, you try for it if you have the ability and you, you move on. I think Eli should, should provide you a good boost over the next two months. Right. Yeah. I'm hoping so too. And uh, you know, it was one of those instances where like, it just takes a lot of homework, you know, got to look at the teams around you look at their offenses, um, you know, see how much money they have left. Do you think they're going to go for a hitter? You know, you think they're going to uh, save their money for pitching if they need it? Uh, just a lot of questions. Um, I started to project other teams, you know, um, offensive output, I guess, yeah. for the rest of the season. And I was like, whoa, I'm really in it now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I guess – you know, you just feel like you're you're doing as much digging as possible to uh, you know make the best choice that you can make. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think it's uh, it's. What else is there to do, Todd? What else is there to do anyway? No, no. It's right. Good. What else you got to do? Just dig in. <laughs> dig uh, in and grind. <laughs> dig in and. Grind. <laughs> oh man, unbelievable. Okay, let's move on to another Chicago outfielder and Mr. Rafael Ortega, Ortega yeah. on the Chicago Cubs picked up in 35 leagues, high bid of 140, um, average winning bid of uh, almost 38 bucks. Uh, pretty, yeah. pretty big. He had a he, you know, he had one of those fab price boosting days with three homers, and um, yeah. <laughs> that always helps to drive the bidding. Oh, up. sure, sure. So, so this is the exact opposite of Eloy in my mind. Eloy is the guy with the uh, the great pedigree, the track record, you know, and coming back. And here's Ortega with no no pedigree, but just as hot as anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, he they both can attract attention. And Ortega, I mean, I think he'll be able to play as long as he hits. So, you know, it's we've seen guys have a two month hot streak. It can be done, or at least even let's say four weeks a hot streak. That'd still be really valuable. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I got him in two leagues, and I'm happy about it. And hopefully, he'll uh, he'll continue to play and and, and sort of uh, mash the ball around. I think he even stole a base at one point. Yes, yes, he 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 did. He's been aggressive. On the base paths, um, I'm bringing up his page right now because I know he hasn't been. Um, yeah, he's he's actually four for nine, so he's definitely trying. Um, <laughs> he's definitely had some seasons too in um, in the minors with Colorado and St. Louis. Um, he's been all over the place, Miami, Atlanta, where he's had um, a lot of you know caught stealings. But he he's aggressive. He tries. Um, but okay. Okay. yeah, I kind of liked his. Um, I kind of liked what he was flashing so far. And, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't get him this week, but I actually got a couple of shares of him last week for real cheap. Um, That's good. That's and good. I got him in an auction league and um, the tag team league that I play in with Jenny Butler um, uh-huh. for cheap, you know, pretty, 
pretty good prices the week before. So that's always, um, you know, that's always good. He was actually my backup bid because I lost uh, a bunch of Brian Anderson and Marsh. So thank you, anyone, for upping me on those guys. But yeah, <laughs> getting him for three bucks the week week before was uh, good. And uh, sure. it was actually um, a shout out to uh, Razball, Rudy at Razball.com, his weekly projection had him for um, a pretty solid week so uh, I needed some speed and I was looking you know to his trend and he was starting to lead off and uh, now with the you know the outfield uh, completely depleted the whole team depleted hopefully he can uh, just give it a go at the top of the lineup and um, you know lead off and and hopefully we get to see Ian Happ get a chance to at least um yeah. You know, yeah. resurrect this season, you know, just give him the rest of the season, give him every day, a, right, a right, B's right. and see what he could do. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that guy we saw last year, he's just not completely, you know, gone, you know, you would think he's, he's supposed to be great and uh, he just hasn't shown it, but yeah, I would give him a chance. I mean, you want to let the kid play and just, why would the Cubs say, no, we're going to play some other veteran. Right. Absolutely. I, I I totally agree with that. Um, let's see. Moving on to the bids here, we have Mr. Dylan Floro. Let's get into some right. closers. Uh, let's see. Dylan Floro was the next highest closer added after Finnegan and Clippard. He went for as right. high as forty-four bucks. Average winning bid of fourteen bucks. Um, did you get any Floro this weekend? I think I did get him in one league, Rob. Uh, but I think if if Bender had been available too, I think they would have been. About the same, I think it was really unclear about who could get the closer role. Um, but Flora was available, and I think that's what drove the bidding. Um, and the fact that Mattingly generally would go with one guy, I think helped his value um, as opposed to some of these other situations. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good gamble to take. Maybe he'll go with Flora. Bender has been, was great early, but He's not been quite as sharp lately. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was noted um, by Greg Jewett in his um, coffees and closers that um, Bender was having trouble when he came in with inherited runners. So he actually noted out the reason maybe he even opened up one game. Um, He had, he's had some odd usage since he got that brief stint at the closer. Um, came in in the fifth inning and the sixth inning. Um, and I think the a uh, couple of days ago with that four-run lead, it lined up pretty well that it would look like Floro. Uh, it didn't, even against the Yankees, right, that they were down and he came yeah. in to keep a lead close. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't uh, – I actually got him last week in one main for four bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. um, hoping – that I got ahead of the game there and, you know, that comes out because I think, like you said, Mattingly, I think definitely want to go with one guy. And um, clearly I think Bass showed that he, he's not, not up for the task. Um, And Bender may be down the, down the line, or like you said, maybe he'll eventually pop in for a couple of saves. But um, I think Floro is, is, is the guy right now. I think that's the way it's lining up. It could be. It could be. I think we in a week we'll have a better sense of it. But yeah, I think he he's he's a little bit older, I believe, and he's a little, I think, a little more steady. He might not have the strikeout stuff that Bender does, but I think he's a little bit more reliable. It's like Rob. It's like Gregory Soto in Detroit. Yeah, so he's got great stuff, but 
I'm not sure they want him in the closer role all the time because he could do anything. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's see some other closers here. Uh, Mr. Spencer Patton right. um, was scooped up in 25, 25 leagues as high as 61. Average winning bait of uh, high in Florida was 23 bucks, almost 24 bucks. Uh, some 60s in there, some 49s. Uh, I, I think Texas and Chicago was the two spots I kind of said, you know what, I'd rather see how it's going to go forward. <laughs> um, and I don't know, Patton just had a weird history with right. you know, not being in the league for a while, not really being effective overseas, you know, but he came back and apparently he's got a new pitch mix. But um, this is one of those things, too, where I think, in my opinion, that Texas might just, you know, uh, see what they got. What They had a bunch of, you know, possible young closers or at least young relievers and Marcus Evans and Joe Barlow and maybe even Jarrell Cotton, um, former yeah, starter. Have, so, Right. They have other options. And uh, the other thing was Patton gave up, I think, five earned runs over the weekend in his last two appearances. Right. So that did, I don't think that helped uh, his cause in terms of getting this next save opportunity. But yeah, who knows? Texas and the Cubs could do anything. I think if you want to speculate on a really low dollar amount in either place, they can't fault anybody. But, you know, you stick these guys on your bench and just you wait a week and see what happens. Right. Absolutely. Um, so Fab uh, was winding down to a lock last night at 10 p.m. The Tampa Bay Way game was <laughs> going really quick. It was lining up to where you would get the Sunday night special. Right. Um, so, like we mentioned before, Diego Castillo gets traded. Uh, they've, you know, um, he, even though he's had over 50% of their saves, you know, the other amount of saves usually gets, uh, you know, tossed evenly around for six or seven guys. So, um, I remember uh, when Five Eisen got traded to the Rays, I took a shot with him and gave me two nice right. saves, and then that was right. it. Um, so, what we saw here was uh, the other night um, – that a two-run lead and JT Chargois was um, warming up, and when they increased their lead to four, he got, he got, um, you know, they they stopped warming him up, and I think Mazza came in to pitch the ninth. So I don't know. That was kind of almost that was a moment of intrigue for me, um, <laughs> at least. Where you know, trying to pay attention to that, but uh, I just don't know why they would just wouldn't throw a guy if he's up warming up, but they know more of that than, than me. Um, then you have all-star Andrew Kittredge, you have Matt Weisler, Whistler, um, all these guys, they commanded some decent bid. Kittredge went in 16, 16 leagues. Um, right. Whistler went in 15 leagues. Uh, I think Jeremy Springs was even lining up for probably some pickups, but he went on the IL with a, a knee yeah. injury. Yeah. And uh, JT Chagois was picked up in seven leagues. And then you got Nick Anderson, who's working his way back right. from elbow. Um, is this yeah. something that you want to try to get right and speculate on? Or are you just going to let everyone else? I always, uh, Rob, I always want to get it right, but. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Touche. Touche. For this uh, situation, uh, I did have Kittredge in my waterfalls, but then. I said, you know what, even if he gets two saves and even if I've got him available, I'm not going to be confident putting him in the lineup. And so I really would rather not deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I, I, I put him way down, you know, like ninth or 10th on the list. And of course I didn't get him anywhere. And then Whist, didn't Whistler get the save last night? I think Matt he Whistler did. Said, he didn't, look, didn't look pretty, but yeah. And that's, <laughs> but uh, look, I, I just feel like this is just a, a rabbit hole, you know, uh, that you just pour fab money into. And I just would rather n- lose my money elsewhere. Um, so anyway, right. I, that was my two cents on that. I did get in way down at for a buck a couple of places. I did did get the famous Dan Winkler for the Cubs. Wow. And he's no uh, he's no uh, Mariana Rivera. I can tell you that. But uh, anyway, he I think, you know, there's three or four guys that could close for the Cubs. And I just put him on my bench. And that was my sort of spec. And uh, we'll see what happens. But interesting, he might be just as good of a bet as the other three or four guys. Yeah, could be. Uh, I, Cubs, I, I don't know. I don't know if they go back to Wick, who was the closer last year when Kimber was ineffective. Yeah, he's he's yeah. on the way back. That's true. He's on the way back. He got this, he got he, he got yeah, rocked. Cody, Cody and, Hewer. Cody Hewer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's available. And then they got Rex Brothers, who's a lefty. Right. So I don't know. Right. Who knows? I, I could be dropping him next week, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell people to go out and pick him up. We have what's his name who's picked up again. I feel like every week he's on the ad list and the drop list. And I should have done some deeper diving on this, but Cole Salsa is just he yeah. just doesn't go away. This guy just he might lead the um I wonder if he He's probably been added the most out of any player in the NFC. He, he, he sort of gets moved aside for other pitchers to get saves, and then they go back to him and give him a save or two, and then they go away from him again. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? But I guess compared to the crop that we're talking about, he, he certainly is, is a fine uh, target, I would say. I can't argue that he's worse than any of these other guys. No, skills wise, I mean he's he's been he's been pretty he's been very good this year. I mean he completely like almost doubled his K rate this year. Uh he's he's been fascinating. It's just that when when they've given him the chance to, you know, close out a couple games, I think one was against um the Angels uh, right. a couple months ago. I remember watching it and he's just he he folded and he he didn't come through and they Hyde has made no um hesitation to to come out and 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 say that he's not going to you know use one guy all the time so i think that that's definitely something to keep in mind because i think he uh won you know last week it was taylor wells who was you know on the cusp of being the reliever the closer and um he went to the il we saw paul fry get some opportunities you saw dylan tate get a couple of opportunities uh just uh, a lot going on there for sure yeah i agree um and i think the last closer that uh of course we have to mention is alex colome um (laughs) it looks like taylor rogers might be done for the year um so uh hanzo robles gets traded to the red sox um so we got Colome, uh, Taylor, Tyler Duffy's been pretty bad this year. Uh, right. We got Caleb Steelbar uh, over there for the Twins. What do you right. like coming? Jorge Alcala. Yes, he's he's been um, you know on the I think on the on the 
on the t- uh, tongue of a lot of fantasy players for a couple of years now, um, some tantalizing skills, but uh, right. you know, hasn't, hasn't really worked high leverage, but maybe this is a shot. I think he's a Soto type of guy. He got the mm. skills, but whether he could control himself in a one-run game, I'm not sure that's the ticket either, but it's Minnesota. They've sort of given up on the season to some extent, so I don't know that uh, I don't know any of them is a bad choice, but Colum, geez, they go back to him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're like, all right, guy, listen, we're paying you, so you might as well get in there and uh, and, and try yeah, to do something. Right. Imagine you're Rocco Baldelli, right? So, and then you you, you got a one run lead somehow, and you look at it, the bullpen and what. <laughs> what is he? What is he thinking? He's like, oh my god. No. <laughs> no, he's been listen. Colomay's been. He hasn't been terrible um, since oh. July. Since July first, he's he's thrown nine and two thirds, nine strikeouts, um, three point six Sierra, fourteen um, percent K minus walk, and uh, a sixteen point eight percent swinging strike rate. So. Who knows? You know, he's he's definitely fooled everyone a lot this year, but he's also fooled everyone in the past by being um, such a overlooked source of steals, uh, staves because of, uh, you know, his 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 lack of eye popping, you know, um, skills. Yeah, there are some guys that sort of get by on guile, but I don't think Palomay never really had the great performance numbers, even when he was a regular closer. Right. Absolutely. I'm not a big fan, but of course, who knows, you know, a lot of these guys, somebody's going to get the save. So it could just as easily be him. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What about Sam Hilliard, outfielder on the Rockies? Did you have any interest in him this week? Um, I did, but I didn't get him. I have to Mm -hmm. say, Uh, but he, uh, He's got a course week coming up, so that's always helpful. Right. And, uh, you know, if the Rockies do anything consistently, it may, he might be good, but, you know, they're just as likely to get a signed veteran and put him into the outfield and have Hilliard on the bench. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> Hilliard, I think, has the talent. He's, as good, he's a good flyer, in my opinion, especially if you can play him at course. Yeah, I I – I definitely uh, uh, took took a look at him, but I uh, just feel like it's so tough with, um, you know, Daza coming back. He just got activated and, yeah, yeah. you know, they still have so many guys hanging around, you know, looking for that bat and they give to them, <laughs> you know, you Connor sure. Joe and Hampson. Kind of and it's just... Yeah, kind of veteran. It's a... Who knows? <laughs> I... Matt Kemp. <laughs> Matt Kemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need a, a, a Dante Bichette. That's what they yeah. need. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Especially for, you know, $10 or less. I think that's a great ad. Right. Um, let's see. Do you have any interest in Yadiel Hernandez on the Washington Nationals? It was a little too early for me to get to figure that he was going to get regular playing time, but he did He's got a what he got. He homered uh, Sunday, I think. He um, did, right. So uh, I guess there's a chance. So I, I don't know much about him. Maybe you do, but I, w- I certainly will watch him this week and see if he's playing regularly 
and whether he he might he might warrant some bids. You know, one of my theories, Rob, is that whenever a team, there are several teams that sort of give up at this time of year. There's always one or two teams that you think are they're just never going to score any runs, right? They're, they gave away their big offensive pieces, but they actually scored lots of runs there in the upper half of the league uh, over the last month or two of the season, and you just can't predict it. So Washington, for example, could be that team that gave away almost everybody. They're bringing up these guys nobody knows, and they or Arizona or the Cubs, one of these teams is going to have a really good offensive output. Right. And You're right. Absolutely. You just don't know which one, and it's not going to be based on past history. That's the only thing you know. Right. Spring, you get to spring a lot of value out of a uh, right. guy. Just, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I gave Yachty a look, but I don't know. He he got a career like 55% ground ball rate in the minors, and in the majors, it, it, it's, uh, let's see, in 2020, he had a 53.5% ground ball rate. This year, I mean, just his home run per fly ball has just been like always above 28, 29, 35 I don't know. I just don't see that type of profile like working out, but he's definitely, he's, he's hitting the ball hard, but yeah. just, um, you know, a lot of times into the ground and that zone contact isn't really like something that I'm thrilled yeah. about either. But, uh, but like you said, we're playing time and, 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 and uh, you know, that could definitely, that could definitely just be yeah. a product of volume as well. So sure, yeah. Sure. Um, how about Brent Rooker, Oledmus Diaz, any interest in those guys this weekend or David Bodie? I didn't go after any of them. I think they're, they're good fill-ins, but I didn't need the positions they were at. So uh, I think Rooker, I did have a lower down on my list, but I didn't get him. Uh, did you focus on any of those guys? I um I had I had a little I had them sprinkled into some uh, backups. Yeah. Um in 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 my main event um in in the one we share together. Well, not share the one we play in. Uh, against each other, I won JT Chargua for three bucks, and um, yeah. I dropped Ranger Suarez. I know he's having a good start today, um, and possibly even two starts this week. I thought about keeping him, but my desire to you know get a um, I tried to update, uh, I tried to upgrade with a Michael Walker um, stream this week. I lost out on that, so I got Chargua as my backup, um, and to drop Ranger Suarez, and then. In the second main event, like I mentioned, I won Eloy 238, um, and I dropped uh, Aquino, who uh, last week I was drooling over, uh, but I uh, just wasn't getting the playing time. It's just, right, just, right. It's just It's just not there. They seem like they prefer Akiyama. Um, but, that uh, was the danger. That was the danger, you know, that they wanted to right? defend. Right. So, Absolutely. And um, I, let's see, I also dropped Trevor May for another – a uh, share of JT Chargua for three bucks. And uh, my other pickup was I dropped Stephen Matt for a $1 chance on Chris Stratton on the Pirates, who, um, you know, I think uh, everyone was expecting Bednar to get all the saves. And he came in the eighth and uh, looked like it would have lined up Stratton for uh, a ninth um, in that game. So um, who knows if they, to, you know, decide to uh, give him splits or just keep Bednar in eighth inning role. But I decided to take a shot at that. Um, yeah. I had, that was my conditional to, to some, uh, to a Floro and Tyler Clifford in that right, league. Right. And 
Yeah, um, I, got you. I really didn't want to drop Steven Matz, but in this league, um, like uh, really ahead in in K's and um, at the you know toward the top or tied at the top in win. So I needed to uh, try to speculate on a couple of weeks with. Uh, yeah, I was just like I'm trying to look to start you know some closers, uh, you know like like three or four of them for the next couple of weeks to try to, you know, just bump up the standings a little bit. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And then um, let's see, what else did I do in uh, the Roto uh, 12 team, Roto Online? I got Waka for six bucks um, and I got Iglesias for a dollar. Uh, those are pretty interesting. And then my auction league, I picked up uh, Francisco Lindor for 93 bucks. Um, he was dropped. So I took a shot at that and I got a little Lorenzo Kane action, uh, Dylan Floro in that league as well. Um, let me see in the tag team league with Jenny, we only picked up David Bodie. It's a pretty interesting league, Todd. We um, uh, just one of the like really, I'm going to read off the standings from first place down 98 and a half, 98, 95, 95, 95, 92 and a half, 90 and a half, 88 and a half, 88. So even the team in ninth is at 88 with a good chance to uh, move up. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. And every, uh, such a competitive league. I'm glad Maddie Davis uh, got this going because it's been really competitive. It's one of those where. That's fun. Sometimes we have, we have like 12, 13 players in our conditional list and we don't get anyone, you know, <laughs> and it's pretty fascinating. You know, it's, it's just, just, it's deep. Everyone's really, really on top. And I guess that competitive, uh, that, that cluster of points up at the top is really, um, it's really awesome. It keeps everyone engaged, you know, for sure. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So what, that was, uh, what platform are they running that league on? It it's on the NFPC. Oh, it's on the NFPC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Mr. Maddie uh, Maddie Davis at Maddie Wood uh, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, yeah, awesome player, uh, great person, which is even more important. Really good dude. Um, he has an awesome podcast, uh, the Fabcast that he does for FTN Network that he does yeah. with Chris Meany. It's pretty, very good. It's very yes, good. it's a very good podcast. It's uh, it's awesome. It's usually out on Saturday mornings. If anyone wants to check that out, it's great. You wake up, throw on, you get a little a little head start on fab with a little uh, podcast. It's, uh, it's good. It's good. Shout out to Maddie, my boy. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some of the um, standings and the overalls uh, sure. before we get out of here, Todd. Sure. No problem. So, uh, so standings. Uh, well, you're not surprised to hear that Phil DeSoul is the, is the leader. of. Uh, oh, hold on a second. We skipped the Coliseum. My bad. I'm oh, skipping yeah, shit yeah, this yeah. week. The Coliseum. Yeah, so we have four four players from three weeks ago, and our hopes were higher last week because we got two winners. Oh, and, right. And that was actually included Ranger Suarez, who <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if he'd be a winner right now, but we're going to stick with the three weeks. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, the four that we had for this, this analysis was Vidal Buhan, who went one for 17. I was a victim of this. And uh, he was sent down to the minors. He's a loss. Oscar Mercado is speed power threat that went five for 34 with one steal. So that didn't work either. Then you have our bright shining light of David Price, who actually pitched to a 420 ERA with a 1.00 whip, but he didn't get any wins. 
so it was kind of mediocre. He hasn't really helped any fantasy teams yet. I put him in the middle. Um, and then the last guy was Tristan McKenzie, 14 innings, 13 earned runs, zero wins, 8.36 ERA. That's just not helpful at all. So, so three bad losses, one mediocre signing, and uh, we still have 11 good ads out of 60, which is 18%. Jesus Christ. Which is uh, a little amazing, but um, if I had known this at the beginning of the year, Robert, I would have just skipped all the popular guys and gone right to the, uh, the lesser guys every week. But anyway, um, <laughs> hopefully there'll be a few winners down the stretch, but it's not been good so far. Um, but anyway, moving to the standing. So Phil Dussault leading for the sixth week in a row, over 300 point lead, which is about what it was last week. And, uh, you know, he's just, He's just the powerhouse right now. Uh, we have um, uh, also right behind him is Alan Mitchell. Uh, Tyler Young has three teams that are leading their league and in the top 20 overall. Amazing. Which is a little amazing. But uh, Phil also has three teams in the top 20. Um, so they're making Clark Olson, who only has two teams in the top 20, look pretty sad as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, there's some great players up there. Alan Mitchell does have two teams also in the top 20. And, um, and then there's some other great names along the way. And everybody, um, if you're the top 20 is averaging about 5,300 points. So you do need a little better than 5,000 to even get there. Yeah, that's um, some... It's really awesome when you see multiple players with multiple teams in the top 20. It's just fascinating. I know. Just, I know. just to even like, you know, think that uh, some of the teams, um, you know, are, are very well diverse too. So it's just very right. they didn't fascinating, fascinating they didn't stuff. They're all in the same players. They, they have a few guys that are consistent, but they're, they're, they're making it happen from different draft positions and different top three choices and everything. So it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's truly, um, it's, 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 it's motivational for me, at least. I'm, you know, it's just like, you know, when I was in uh, high school and like real, real, um, real heavy and, you know, just like trying to lose weight and, you know, I pin that, that uh started to work out and I pinned that picture of like Arnold Schwarzenegger on my wall, you know, with his biceps and you're like, I want to look like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And if that's, I turn on the, I, I, uh, I hit the tab for the overall standings and I said, this is where I want to be one day, <laughs> you know, pretty similar, but yeah. You're doing, you're doing pretty well, Rob, because you have two teams in, in the money right now. They're both third place. It's, really very very good um and i do i do show the standings down below mm -hmm. with uh, the color coding for the blue the blue code means it's uh, more than a 10 point lead for the first place team there's yellow for a five to ten point lead and a red for a very close uh league and i think let's see i have it down below um i think 17. it was 
18 leagues that were uh, five the last fight. There were blue that were at a big lead, and 17 that had really close. Right. So that's that's a pretty healthy number, and uh, a lot of positions could change over the last few weeks of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a stretch run right here, Todd. This is it. Stretch run. I think, uh, I think there will be changes. And I think, uh, you, know, the, you know, the main event is great, Rob, because if people are close in the top half of the league, they generally don't pack it in. Right. You know, maybe the 13th place team is going to stop trying, but um, this is not a league where you're just going to waltz around and just, you know, start picking up whoever you want. Um, so it's, it's going to be competitive, and I think uh, it'll be fun to sort of follow this through the rest of the season. Yep. I'm, I'm, I, like the cool kids here, I'm here for it. Say, I'm here for it. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tuned in. I'm excited. This is uh, it's going to be awesome to follow this down to the end. That's right. That's right. All right. To, to end this podcast, Todd, I figured, you know, um, I needed to add some fun to the podcast. So, um, and I really want to ramp up the podcast game a little bit going into the stretch and start doing a couple more with guests. I figured I, I would, you know, bring a little fun into it. So I got these pod decks and they're extremely exciting. So I hope you're going to be so happy to um, try one with me. So just to see how the experiment might work. And it's okay. totally unrelated to fantasy baseball. Yeah. Um, there's two decks here. One is green and one red. And one is what the heck. And the other one is a deck of would you rathers. So <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to pick one of the would you rathers. Yeah. And, 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 and ask you, all right. What do you think? I'm with you. I'm with you for this. All right. Would you rather wear a onesie 24 seven for a year (laughs) or horse head costume for a month straight? Oh my God. (laughs) It's just fun already. I love it already. All right. Well, I would, I would go with the horse's head because it'd be over quicker. Oh, over quicker. Okay, I like it. That's a that's a good. Um, that's even good. though even though for the pandemic, the onesie wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> that's true. The onesie would have kept other people away from me, but the horse's head could do that too. Yeah, definitely could do that too. Oh, absolutely. Oh man, this is this is good. This is a good one. All right, here's for the what the heck. So this is like a more of like a question based. Uh, let's see. All right. What Guinness world record do you think you could break? Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of those. Um, yeah, there's, there's some. Okay, here's a good one. Go switch it up. What? If you could sing a duet with anyone, who would it be? <laughs> Somebody that could really sing. Um, let's see. Um, I guess if I was going to, I'm not going to sound that good, so I'd rather sing it with somebody that's uh, noteworthy and uh, probably... Uh, attractive. <laughs> okay. Person. All right. So who are you picking? It could be oh, dead or alive too. Dead or alive. Oh, well, I'll go with uh, Ariana Grande because I think she could cover for me. Oh, and nice would, one. She would be looking at, everybody would be looking at her and uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't care what the hell I was doing. So that would be my answer. I just off the top of my head. 
Very good. All right, Todd. Well, thank you for rolling out the, <laughs> the debut of the pod decks on the Pull Headed Podcast. They're really cool. If anyone um, does pod podcasts and they're interested in them, they're on poddecks.com and it's pretty cool. They have, um, there's like four or five different packs, uh, but I just opened up these two. There's a couple of different ones. One One's more of like an interview question, but the would you rathers are, are pretty fascinating. I I went through a couple of them just to look at them and they're really, they're, they're a lot of fun. So okay. I'm hoping to, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to incorporate this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. More. Those are an indication. I think it's a good approach. I should, you know, it basically, you know, we could do that with fantasy, but it would just uh, basically be like what we do anyway and just yeah, debate yeah. which players we draft and which ones we like better. Yeah. So, all right, Todd. It was a great week. Um, right. Like we said, we, we had a lot to unpack here with the trade deadline. I'm sure there's some stuff that we missed, but um, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm, I had like, a, I'm, I'm totally done with the trade deadline stuff. I'm, I'm glad we're past it, and I'm glad there's no waiver um, deadline, uh, trade right. deadline that we have to worry about because um, that would have been some extra work as well. So. Right. But uh, good luck to your Yankees. I uh, hope uh, the trades work out for them. I'm excited, um, you know, for uh, them to, you know, unfold this new team. I, you know, um, like I said, I still think that they're a little, you know, like Homer heavy. But um, sure, you know, sure. I still like an option of 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 like scratching, you know, the option. I know that game is is just not really played as much anymore, except for the Tigers. The Tigers are running like crazy these days. Right, um, right. I don't know if you've noticed there, but uh, they they they're uh, looking to, you know, to make some noise on the base paths. But uh, yeah, um, truly, it's cool to see um, Rizzo and Gallo. I know everyone's making a cool little like Italian joke out of it too. <laughs> that uh, they got these uh, these these little goombas coming to play baseball. But uh, it's right. it's good. It's good. I think it's good. They're going to take advantage of that short porch for sure, and. Um, I'm happy for my Rizzo shares and my Jeff champions for sure. It should be helped, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because most of my teams at first base, um, especially in the draft champions, were um, I never really picked them high. Um, I waited usually uh, for a group of players, um, usually that revolved around Guriel, Vado, um, and you know Rizzo. I have in in one league. It was one of the first leagues um, that I did before I realized that I wanted to just wait. And I have so many teams. I can't tell you, Todd, that I have so many, like three or four teams literally with the same group of corners. And it's Rizzo. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, Turner and Donaldson at third with Votto and Guriel at first. And sometimes I'm like one of those guys, you know, like has to sit or just, uh, you know, I got the util spot too, but um, they've sure. been all of them have been more than I've asked, you know, than I thought I was going to get. Like I thought I was going to get bouts where they're out for longer than they're out too, you know, because they're, they're missing games, but they're not missing all these chunks of time no. where we thought they were going to miss. So oh, no. there's some weeks where I've, I've, I've been blessed that, uh, you know, one of those guys is on my bench, which is pretty wild. So, <laughs> but uh, all right, Todd, um, lot, enjoy bro. your week and uh, we'll do this. Uh, next week sure thanks a lot talk to you soon later dude Alrighty, folks, that will conclude this episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast thanks for tuning in thank you for the support of the show 
means a lot to me. Alright folks, enjoy your week and don't be a bag of shit.